Welcome to Voices of Nature. I'm Bob Ludke, an advisor to Global Conservation Corps and the creator of the Voices of Nature podcast. Voices of Nature is dedicated to sharing the voices of innovative, passionate leaders committed to saving and protecting the world's most threatened natural resources. In today's episode, we're speaking with Mboni Muzamani, a producer at Global Conservation Corps. Mboni has just launched Careers in Conservation, an exciting new video series hosted by Global Conservation Corps that shows all the different careers that lie within conservation. Its mission is in parallel to that of this podcast. Just as Voices of Nature believes that all of us have a role in protecting nature, Mboni created Careers in Conservation with the belief that there are many different careers in conservation, be they park rangers, educators, field guides, veterinarians, or leaders in local communities, just to name a few. In today's episode, we'll learn more about Mboni, what brought him to Global Conservation Corps, his passion for conservation, and the exciting plans he has for careers in conservation. Mboni, welcome to Voices of Nature. Well, thank you, Bob, for having me here. It's it's such an honor. And uh, thank you for uh, to anyone who could be listening to, to this podcast. Well, and thank you for your, your time today. I know you're busy uh, getting careers in conservation uh, ready for its launch. And so we are just we're just so excited to have you on and the 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 insights and the stories you're you're going to tell in this conversation are going to be just really a value to those listening to the podcast so thank you uh, really the pleasure is ours thank you so Mboni, you grew up in south africa it's obviously one of the most beautiful countries in the world it's also where uh, global conservation corps operates just to kind of almost set the picture for the listeners just tell us a little bit about the nature in South Africa, um, where where you grew up, where Global Conservation Corps operates. It's in a really unique area near Kruger National Park. So just you know, take the listeners of the podcast into into what um, nature is like in northeastern South Africa. Well, uh, thank you, Bob, for this opportunity. Yes, indeed, South Africa is a beautiful country. And based on where it's situated in the in the African continent, you know, there are a number of geological and uh, climatological uh, features which are happening here in South Africa, which are responsible for the vast diversity in, uh, in plant and, and animal life, you know, because of the different landscapes that have been formed here. Yeah, it, it is a beautiful country indeed. So growing up, I grew up in a town called uh, Malamlele, which is just about 50 kilometers away from Kruger National Park, which on its own is really a privilege. However, my dad used to, to take me into the Kruger National Park, and most of our visits there would end at the entrance, you know, because we couldn't really uh, afford to go in there the number of times that we wish we could we could afford to, you know. So during our visits, we, we use that, those visits used to really excite me and they planted a seed in me for, for the love for nature, you know, which then uh, my mother natured how uh, further into my life, my, my young age, I used to have uh, puppies, which I used to keep as pets which my mom wouldn't allow me to eat before they did. 
you know so that helped me to to develop that love or rather the, it nurtured that seed that my father planted in me for the love for nature later on i had doves which my mom as well feather disciplined me in terms of nurturing those animals by not allowing me to eat my own food before they could eat so she she f- f- compelled me to first take care of those animals i kept as pets before i could take care of myself so that really planted a great seed in me to love nature and to choose to protect it as well yeah that's wonderful i love the the lessons that your your parents imparted on you but you you neglected to mention a very interesting part of your background and and really something that shows how committed you are to protecting nature and that you also trained as a, a field ranger and that's a very uh, very unique a very intense a very tough experience take us a little bit into um, what brought you to that training what that training was like and then and then a little bit about why you know why field rangers in South Africa and elsewhere are so important to protecting nature and that's a really really important career that any number of us could and should follow if we want to protect nature. Uh yes Bob I I trained as a as a field ranger. Uh by the words of Shepard Munyane who is also a field ranger in one of the reserves around um Field rangers are the first boots on the ground. They are the bulletproof of wild animals in in protected areas. You know, whatever thing that goes to the animals has to pass through them first. You know, so that is is really something that captured me. You know, into wanting to train for as as a field ranger because I felt that's where I can really have a practical physical impact in protecting wild animals in protecting our natural um heritage you know so the training as a as a field ranger wasn't easy at all it it wasn't easy at all and through the training you your personality has to end up showing up you know end up uh, being exposed because of how intense it is and I tell you during the selection process the people who are really fit to be um field rangers are the ones who are really selected because of how intense the training is you know through the training we are we we are trained how to tackle possible situations that we can encounter in the field because the training itself happens in the field where we are most likely to work So I remember on on the last day of selection we we had to carry our 25 kg bags with 4 liters of of water and an 8 kg uh can I call it a demo rifle a rifle which is which is not real but simulating the real rifle and we had to walk for like 10 kilometers with one row you never put your bag down once you put your bag down then you become eliminated that was the toughest exercise for me because after the we have walked the 5k's half the 10 kilometers we now had to execute or to simulate a, a something called casavec casual evacuation through that activity we expected to show teamwork leadership and uh being uh, strategic so what happened is that um 
we were divided into groups of uh, of five and we had to create a structure using those uh, tent steel um, rods, those rods that we, we use for our tents or those huge tents that we usually have gatherings in. We had uh, two of those and some, some strings. We had to use those resources to, to create a structure to carry one of our members. That was difficult because now a lot of brains are involved. You know, teamwork has to show. And we were really put to the test because a lot of ideas were at play and that made it really difficult. Carrying one of our members five kilometers into the campus was a physically challenging. Having to coordinate all that until we arrive at the camp, that was also mentally challenging as well. And unfortunately, I was part of the group which uh, <laughs> got to the camp last. You know, uh, there are a number of lessons that I got to learn from, from that, that leading is, is, is appears in, in different forms. And we need that in the field in order for us to can reach our objectives as, as field rangers in the team. So maybe to put this, the, the, the intensity that you described so well uh, into a bit of context, I want to read for the listeners of the podcast, the, the Field Rangers Creed. And Boni, I'd like you to explain why it is it means so much, not just to you, but to all the field rangers. And I think once people hear this, they understand, they will understand why that training that you just talked us through has to be rigorous and has to be intense by its very nature. So the, the Field Ranger Creed reads as follows, quote, I know that I have borrowed from this earth from my children, and I have not inherited from my forefathers. What does that statement mean to you and to the other Field Rangers that you trained with? Bob, uh, I remember during the bush phase of the training, we had to recite this creed, and that's the statement that really resonated with me and I consider that as a powerful statement uh, from the creed, you know, because um, it triggers me to reflect on, on my actions, on my, on my daily actions. It triggers me to, to reflect on what I have done, what role have I played into protecting nature and what actions am I doing now that are not in line with that objective. You know, and it calls me to align myself further into the values of, of a field ranger. And it reminds me as well that the actions that I portray today will have a consequence to the environment itself in the future. And for the sake of my kids, for the sake of the future, for the sake of other people's kids, for the sake of the future generation, it's good that we, as people, not just as rangers, we practice a very good lifestyle that sustains our environment in order for the future generation as well to can enjoy the benefits that we are enjoying today that nature is providing. Because after all, nature exists to sustain us. And it's also our responsibility as well to sustain it. That's beautiful. And, and you just hit on a number of, of really important themes that we've covered in previous episodes. 
of this podcast. And, and so I want to I want to follow up with you on those. And and really what you're getting to is, you know, how can we better live our lives so that we are allowing our, our future selves, be they ourselves, be they future generations, our kids, our grandkids, grandkids, live in a in a in a world defined by a healthy nature. And and I know that you as a field ranger, your your colleagues as field rangers know that and, and appreciate that. But how do we how do we get others who may be not just listening to this podcast, but even others beyond this podcast to start adopting that that mindset that we are just merely stewards of the earth in this moment. And we owe it to to everyone to leave it better than how we found it. Uh, well, I would like to reflect on what has happened due to COVID-19. Right now, there, are, there have been a change in, in our climate. Places have become very cold. Some places have become extremely hot because of the impact of, of the lockdown that happened because of the COVID-19 pandemic that is really impacting the world at large. Because back in the days, it has been difficult to communicate the impact that our behavior has on the environment because environmental problems are not, are not immediate. The challenges or the pressures that we, we pose onto the environment are not easily noticeable, you know. So the change in the climate that we have experienced now is now evidence that, yes, indeed, our behavior you know, has an impact on nature itself. So we can use this example or this change in, in the weather phenomenon as part of our of the education that we bring to the people that, hey, let us take care or let us be aware of the way we live because the way we live really impacts uh, the world at large, be it in small scale or in large scale. So as the former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela said, education is the most powerful tool through which we can change the world. So now that we've got the education that we used to give and also practical uh, evidence of this uh, gospel that we've been trying to preach, you know, about uh, living a, a sustainable life, living an environmentally friendly lifestyle, you know, so I think education and using this practical example can be something that we can use to inform people about um, the, the, the positives and, and negatives of both good uh, environmental friendly lifestyle and a bad environmentally uh, friendly lifestyle. Well, with all that being said, Mboni, that's a, a perfect segue into our next question, which is, you know, why don't you explain um, to all of us what your your vision is for careers in conservation and what you hope to achieve with it? Well, firstly, uh, I would like to say that uh, careers in conservation started because of the lack of um, role models in local communities, because uh, most people who are living within um, the borders of, uh, or rather the boundary of uh, the Kruger National Park, uh, or rather protected areas, not really the Kruger National Park, but protected areas at large, have not really uh, have access or full access or are not engaged in, in the activities which are really happening in, in those parks. So we saw that there are few people who are involved, so why not highlight them? 
you know. So that's how careers in conservation was born or was established. So the goal that we want to achieve through careers in conservation is to have a lot of local people um, to be involved in, in, in managerial positions within uh, these protected areas. Because most people, when they think of conservation around the borders of protected areas, they think the just few careers such as field ranging, such as field guides, such as um, chefs, you know, so we want to highlight also the other careers that exist within the conservation uh, field, which they can access since they live on the boundaries of protected areas. And what advice do you give to, you know, all the young people that you interact with in, in the community, in the, the classrooms that you spend so much time in, who, who come to you and say that, you know, they want to pursue a life um, in conservation, a life protecting nature. How do you how do you kind of help them get started um, to follow in, in your footsteps or in the footsteps of some of those that you see doing such a great job in and around the, the communities and protected areas around Kruger National Park? Well, Bob, first, I believe that in order for you to be able to, to do something with, with passion, you know, you have to have a value, you know, you have to value that particular thing. So when people come to me, I first make them understand that nature exists to sustain us and that it is our responsibility to sustain it. So I also alert them that they are a step ahead, you know, them coming to me for advice on how to sustain it, you know. So I believe that everyone has a talent and passion and I believe that conservation as a whole, it's, it's more like a world where other disciplines as well can exist. So I t- usually tell people that use your talent with that talent that uh, the higher power or the almighty God has given you. You can find space within the conservation sector that you can be able to utilize that particular talent that, that you have. Charge on what you can do uh, most charge on what you know most because we've got accountants within uh, the conservation field we've got uh, uh, poets within the conservation field so your talent can be as 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 useful as as it can be your talent can be as useful as possible within the conservation field as it can be useful elsewhere as well that's a great point to make i mean what you what you said is you know, protecting nature, a career in conservation doesn't necessarily have to be a full-time job, right? Yes. You can you can be an educator, you can have your own shop, you can have your own business, whatever it is, but you can still put your talents to use, even in your calling profession, mm. to help protect nature. Well, yes, that 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 is true. That is true. Um, as I've said earlier, that conservation is is more of a world, you know, in which we all uh, live in whatever discipline that you could be in, you know, it it has a role within um, conservation. You can also see conservation or conservation as a lifestyle as well. You know, since everything that we do, you know, has has a role that it plays within, has an, or rather has an impact within, within nature. You know, so it, it has to do so well with, with the way we live, our lifestyles as well. 
what do you mean by that? I mean, talk a little bit more about that because that's a really important point, right? Mm. By simply making choices in how we live our lives every day, we can either help or hurt nature. Talk a little bit more about that. Exactly that, Bob. You know, the choices that we make, you know, a simple choice of me using a container that has been made from a recycled material, you know, that has an impact on saving our our nature, on sustaining nature. A simple choice of me reusing stuff, you know, recycling stuff. Those simple choices, they go a long way in, in conserving our, our environment. The choice of me buying clothes that are made from recycled materials. The food I eat, you know, do I eat organic food or processed food? You know, those, those daily life uh, decisions that we make, the daily decisions that, that we make, you know, they really have an impact on, on our planet or on nature itself. So people just have to be really cautious of, of the decisions that they make. What, what impact do they have on, on the planet? you know, on, on my surroundings. Because people think that nature is it exists out there. But no, nature is where you are. You live in nature, meaning that whatever decision that you make will have an impact on, on where you are. That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, really, that really is beautiful. And, and, and thank you for that. And, I, and now let me ask the question maybe a little differently, which is, how can we inspire young people in particular, you know, the next generation mm. to find a, either a love for nature or through that love, a career in conservation where, you know, so many times you, when you're young, you think that the only choices are, you know, to be a, a police officer, a, a teacher, a banker, a lawyer, whatever, but that there are these wonderfully rewarding careers in conservation. Like, what can we do to to inspire people to to look at careers like that? the The first thing that our parents really value for for their kids in most cases is is education. You know, so through in our education systems, you know, I think it's good that we acknowledge that nature conservation or rather studies on nature shouldn't be a course on a separate or rather a subject on its own, but it can be infused in the other subjects as well that exists in there, you know, because every career that the kids can do through that education will happen within uh, the natural environment. So I think infusing uh, nature conservation concepts within those other subjects that uh, kids are subjected to at a young stage can really play an important role. And as well, you know, youth kids really love uh, videos. You know, they, they, they learn more through, through um, uh, visualizing things, you know, hence careers in conservation, which is an initiative that we think can really spread the word about the careers that are in, uh, in conservation. Because through this video series, we, we bring out information about how the daily lives of um, different characters in conservation or different role models in conservation spend their days. We also provide information about how to access 
or how to, to follow in their footsteps, you know. And, and the most exciting about it is that uh, the character also has a challenge for me, you know, which tends to, to, to test what I have learned throughout the course of the day. And that can be exciting to most youth and children to watch and can motivate them to, to follow careers in, in conservation as well. So, Mboni, at the, at the beginning of our conversation, you, you spoke so, so eloquently about the, the role that your mother and your father played in instilling this, this love and respect for nature in your life. Beyond them, is there anyone else who's really kind of brought your, your love for nature to life in, in a professional setting in a way that's you know, allowed you to, to have your own career in conservation? Well, yes, Bob, definitely. Um, there is Mr. Uh, Matt Lindenbeck, who is the, the executive director of the organization we are working for, uh, the Global Conservation Corps. He really played a, a huge role to getting me where I am today in, in my career. Because um, this organization, uh, GCC, is the one which was responsible for sponsoring uh, my scholarship, uh, the Field Ranger Scholarship that I did. Um, you know, so through that scholarship, uh, I managed to, to, to do my grades very well. And I was um, noticed by him during his visit. So during the period where uh, the organization was looking for jobs for us, because fortunately, all the people that I went to the training with uh, are now having jobs due to uh, the efforts of, of the organization, which was really, which is really exceptional. So during the time, the waiting period there, I used to, to, to go hiking. So during my hiking adventures, I would record videos. Uh, through these videos, I would, um, I would be teaching about environmental uh, stuff, ecology of some of the landscapes that I would, I would be at. You know, so that really caught the attention of, uh, of the organization. And they saw that uh, there is potential that could be useful in the conservation space. So through uh, the director, you know, they offered me uh, this uh, position or opportunity to carry forward that talent that they have observed, you know, and hence careers in conservation. And hence now I am where I am today within uh, my, uh, my career as well in, in conservation. So Mboni, we're, we're nearing the end of our conversation and I've really enjoyed this. You know, we spent some time talking about all the, the positive things that come from your career in conservation. We spent some time talking about the, you know, the many challenges that the world faces right now with its changing climate, the COVID pandemic and so on. And, you know, I always try to end these conversations on a very hopeful note. And, you know, with the, the positives in mind and, you know, knowing that the, the many challenges are out there, why are you hopeful that we will we will find a way to to really live and embody that the Rangers Creed that we talked about before, where we are, you know, we are leaving the world better for our children. What gives you hope that we can actually do that? Uh, first of all, Bob, there are people who um, are keen or who really have passion 
to to ensure that uh, people understand that nature is part of us. You know, there are people who are, are trying, you know, by all means to give the word or to send the word out there that uh, nature is, is, is part of our lives, you know, and through the efforts that, that we are, are making through the podcast itself, Voices of Nature, through uh, careers in conservation and other programs that are being ran there to spread um, the word that uh, we, 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 we exist because of nature and therefore we have to, to, to protect it. We have to be kind to it as it is kind to us. You know, the fact that, that there are people who have that in their hearts, you know, it, it really gives me hope that we are doing a, a, a good thing. And in time, people will understand that nature has to be sustained by us, that nature is a responsibility that God has given to us in order for us to can sustain it uh, as much as uh, God created it in order for it to sustain us. What a beautiful way to end this conversation, Imoni. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your, your work and your dedication. And we're so excited to follow Careers in Conservation through its launch and I'm sure many successes in the coming months and years. Well, thanks a lot uh, for having me here, Bob. It is an honor. It is an honor. And um, thank you to everyone who find the time to listen to this podcast as well. Thanks a lot.